0: I frequently feel that way when we're working on something that I'm like, I can't, I can't say that better than Robert Jordan can. That's why he's no. the best selling author and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just going to pull that. And like so many of the things that he does, they're just so simple. So if you like try to recreate it, you're just ending up repeating. We're like, oh, I guess I'm actually just repeating that. That's, There's- that's fun.
1: There's a moment in chapter 26, Mm -hmm. and it is where he's talking about Ukama's death, and he has some words, and I'm just like, I'm just going to quote this because... If I say what happens or if I say what he's saying, then it just sounds silly. We're just mm-hmm. going to read what it says.
0: And I mean, this the last two chapters for this book and the epilogue are Robert Jordan 2 AT because there's so much happening in just these two chapters. And they're not even like super long chapters, but it's just like, oh my gosh, and then this thing's happening. And then, oh my gosh, that thing is happening. And it's just like, Yep. Everything just comes colliding to an end.
1: In 26, when they show up, like, they're at a full sprint and they're seeing what's going on. And then, you know, this battle takes place. And the way that he's describing all of the different weaves being thrown and being cut. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so epic. (laughs) (laughs) Reading that, I was just thinking, oh. I just can't wait to see how they do this in the series. Because, yes. Yeah. The way that yes. she's just like slicing weaves away, mm-hmm. and weaves are like bouncing off of her and pinning her and like encapsulating her. And they're yep. just fighting as hard as they can. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, oh, epic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so epic. I love how he uses language that you would use for a physical fight for the fights that happen between people using the power like the idea of slicing something or just holding back the razor edge blade of a shield and and shielding
1: themselves and exactly
0: yeah so i love i love that he gives it that kind of uh, weight seriousness like it's not just like fluffy magic time. It's like battling magic time. Mm-hmm. I I love that.
1: That's why when you think about it, and you think, okay, if I had to choose an Aja, I think the first is always the first that comes to mind is I want to be a green because
0: it's just, just so, so badass. Aja. It's just so- Awesome. <laughs> exactly. Like why why yeah. wouldn't you want to be a green with a pack of warders at your heels? Mm-hmm. Like there's just something so imposing and grand about that idea and like yeah. badass and ready and love it. I love it.
1: But when I took the quiz, I was tied between gray and red. And when I yeah. saw red, I was like, what the
0: fuck? Really? <laughs>
1: I don't, <laughs> I don't have anything against men that can channel. Right. Are you kidding me? But maybe that's, maybe that's for. When. Maybe. Reds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the red is the largest Aja in the white tower. And I have to believe that it's not just filled with women who hate men that can channel. Like. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to. Like, get into spoiler stuff because the first half is spoiler free. Um, oh, shit. You're going to have to bleep some of this then
1: because I'm talking about.
0: Well, I'll, I'll clean that up. Just I'll bleep me. Just bleep you. <laughs> yeah. I have a sound effect just for that.
1: <laughs> that always just strikes me by surprise, too, when I'm listening to after you've edited things and I forget that there's something that gets bleeped out. <laughs> oh, that makes me laugh so hard.
0: I think it's funny that we bleep out stuff like that instead of cussing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there would be a lot of bleeps if we bleeped out our cussing. Uh, yeah. That would be an intense job. <laughs> That's busy. why I, I'm always so glad to just have that, like, choice for it being an explicit podcast and just, like, click. Don't have to worry about my language Yeah,
1: and the thing is, though, too, is what what exactly is explicit? I mean, we're not talking about some, like, there's no, like, hardcore (laughs) pornographic material in the Wheel of Time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God, but (laughs) I mean, cuss words, like, a shit, I don't really consider that.
0: I don't either, and it's funny how, like, the, the level of what people see as crass has changed Mm -hmm. like now you can say things like bitch and damn it and whatnot on tv like just regular Mm -hmm. tv but still there's this weird hang-up around the word fuck and i don't get that
1: do you know what's funny that you bring that up is so i know we've talked about the expanse but when amazon prime picked up the expanse it was first shown on sci-fi So they couldn't cuss very often. Mm -hmm. So like Avasarala Avasarala would get one fuck per season. (laughs) And then as soon as Amazon picked it up, like they let her go. Like they were just like, fly, Avasarala, fly. (laughs) Like drop as many F-bombs as you feel like it warrants. And Mm -hmm. you can totally tell. And I even saw somebody... I guess they didn't like it very much. They thought that her character had changed too much and they were thinking, well, she just all of a sudden has this, you know, crazy potty mouth, and it was like, whoa, 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 like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like if you read if you read the books. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. Totally different. Book. Yeah. Yep. Mhm. Uh,
0: yep. Mm. She's definitely one of the best characters in that series by you, far.
1: You mean Cad Swain? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i do want her to be cad swain i was actually trying to think of a way to use frankie adams too is that her name yeah the woman that plays bobby
1: Ooh, who would she right? be good
0: i don't know but she would i feel who like could she we would fan be... cast
1: her as a young uh, mistress lujan <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay. This is okay. not the road this to is not, this the is, road to, <laughs> to the asteroid to the belt. belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Hi, I'm here with my friend Tracy. <laughs> I'm here with my friend Amber, and this is the Road to Tarballen, a Wheel of Time podcast, recapping the books, uncovering fan theories, discussing the upcoming TV show on Amazon Prime, and unpacking the many intricacies of this incredible series. See, yeah, we, we can do
0: that. We can do that. That's actually what this is. Yeah, um, not an expanse podcast. Maybe we need to branch off and do one of those. Um, But today we are finishing our recap of New Spring with the final chapters in the epilogue. I can't believe we're at the end. Yeah, we have almost (laughs) done it. We're almost there. Yeah. Um, So we're going to follow our normal format. And so spoiler free as much as possible or with additional bleeping um, for the first half. (laughs) It's a handy tool to have. Um, and then the other half will have spoilers in our theories. So as long as you've made it through the main book series, stick with us to the end. And next week will be our final New Spring wrap-up episode where we take a look at the entire book as a whole. Um, Yay! And that will, I know. I'm really excited <laughs> about that because there are so many things that get set up in this book that... Feels like a bridge to the main series, but there's still, it's mm-hmm. not finished. There's still so many little pieces that like come out in this book that like you need the Wheel of Time companion or to like dig things out on the internet to find like the pieces that should be going together. Robert Jordan, where are the rest of my prologues? <laughs> <laughs> prologues or man.
1: prequels?
0: Prequels. Yeah. Prequels.
1: That. Oh, I want a, I want a Tam prequel. I want a there's there's so many characters that we could get really great prequels over. I would love to see a prequel from the perspective of maybe like Lan's parents when all of this uh, dark French shenanigans is going down and
0: mm. baby Lan.
1: That would be good. Who else? Like, maybe Logan.
0: Yeah. I would honestly like to see more from the White Tower and Swan becoming Amarillin. Ooh, yes. yes. there's, like, a bunch of stuff that happens in the White Tower in between, like, when Moraine and Swan are accepted and then when, like, everything starts going down in the main series. Like, there's a lot that happens in between that and, like little pieces to dig out so yeah I would have I would have liked to have seen more of that and Tam in like the Companions in Ilian I would mm. have loved to see him as a youth fighting you know like we get older man Tam maybe Tracy, stop it <laughs> 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 He's a badass with a bow. I'll just stop there.
1: Um, <laughs> he is a yeah. badass with a bow.
0: Yeah, there are just so many little things that I feel like, I don't know. This series, really seriously, it's one of those things that could you could just keep building on forever. Like, yeah. Once a world this rich has been created, I feel like it's just this wonderful stepping stone to go on to more adventures with people like what about an entire little novella about Laris mistress of the kitchens?
1: Yeah she's- we have to do we have to do our Laris Laris episode because she's too fun of a character and for such yeah. a minor character, I have a lot that I can say about her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really would be interested in doing like what we did with Rob like a like a more minor. Secondary characters and like maybe just pick like a few different ones and I feel like you could do so many Mm. episodes on like minor characters that come in and out of the series and sometimes it's hard to catch all of the things that they are doing or have done because they aren't always in your face and yeah, Lars I feel is is a character like that so oh yeah there's somebody else I was thinking about that fits in that as well
1: there's a fun Lars theory. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Do we want to save it for an upcoming episode or do you want to tell we'll me s- now? We'll
1: s- we can save we'll it save or it. I'll tell okay. you later. <laughs>
0: okay, cool. Because I don't know what it is and I definitely want to know what it is. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm really excited about these last two chapters. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> Chapter 25, an answer. So... Moraine leaves her room to fa- find that the Chateaigne is waiting for her. She's been summoned to see Prince Bryce, and apparently the Chateaigne is the one who carries that message and takes Maureen with her. But she's, <laughs> she's distracted by the fact that Swan's potentially going to go hook up with a footman, and she's like, <laughs> not a footman, which I just think is so funny because it's not – I mean, these two young women – I, these moments, this like boy crazy moment, is like what kind of drives home that they're still young women to mm-hmm. me. And I just love it. I love it.
1: And to I think Moraine is so, she's so used to being nobility that she's mm-hmm. like a footman. How yeah. dare you? Scandalous. Yes. <laughs>
0: And I mean, for Swan, she doesn't really have a station to step down from the fact that she's Aes Sedai. And I still don't really think that she thinks of herself in a way that Moraine thinks of herself. Like for her, she's like, of course, like these things will happen for me. I'm nobility and Aes Sedai. Mm -hmm. And Swan is like, fish guts. (laughs) Yeah. Go make out with a footman. So as Moraine is walking through the palace, she's observing everything around her and she sees that there are far more gardens than she was expecting and that the tapestries and statues are all peaceful like there are scenes of fields of flowers or families gathering like it's almost as though it's like a celebration of life in a place where life is precariously live welcome and, to the borderlands <laughs> yeah like why bring that into your home when that's what you face leaving your home all the time so mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was an interesting thing to put in there and like the impression that it gives of what it must be like to live in the borderlands every little details like mm-hmm. those are things that really make these books for me but as she's walking by one of the gardens has men lined up around it and they're watching two men fight and it's ryan and bukama and she's like oh hell <laughs> yeah she's like well i guess i'll have to avoid them but i mean what are the chances that she's going to run into them like they're soldiers and she's from a high noble family in kyrian so she's like our paths aren't gonna cross but she's still like i'm gonna have to To avoid them. The thing that I want to point out, because this is gonna come in later, is that all of the blows that she observes being landed are delivered by Ryan. So he is the superior swordsman from what she's able to see in this moment.
1: And we saw with them, what's the their sword game? Sevens. Sevens. Yeah, and when she was watching them play sevens, Ryan was a very formidable swordsman
0: yeah he was winning like more it seemed like he was being called as the winner when they were playing that game and i feel like this this is something that's been kind of pushed really subtly throughout the chapters where we've had ryan and bukama and land together Mm -hmm. Um, and that's going to be important um (laughs) so moraine thinks that she's going to have to avoid them but of course she thinks that that's not going to be a problem haha moraine you're wrong. Um. <laughs> but Moraine gets to her meeting with Prince Bryce and it's a room filled with other nobles as well and she's feeling frustrated at the tedious niceties that she must go through when meeting him and she's just barely holding on to her courtesies as she's listening to Prince Bryce's son Lord Derek. Derek? Derek. Until he says something that grabs her full attention and he says My father says it was Lan's luck I wasn't killed, my lady. And then he drops a bomb on Moraine and says, Lan is the king of (laughs) Melchior. So we had talked (laughs) about wondering how it was going to come
1: out. And this was not in my (laughs) top choices. Outed by a little boy.
0: (laughs) Right? Who's just like excited about who this this person is. And Prince Bryce is like, well, he's the king of Melchior should he choose it. And Moraine finds his way of phrasing it kind of weird. And Bryce also says something about how Lan's been more like he's kept himself to his rooms for the majority of time that he's been there. And he also has kind of like a funny way of talking about that, too, which is important. Mm -hmm. Just saying. And then this is another place where it's a parallel between Lan and Moraine. Lan could be king if he chooses it moraine could be queen if she chooses it like i like the parallels between the two of them and how it sets them up for their future relationship so pleading tiredness from her trip moraine excuses herself from the room of gathered nobles she is given a chatty young female servant to lead her back to her rooms and moraine basically tells her to shut her mouth as it's distracting her from her racing and bothered thoughts and she said, in her in her mind, she says all she wanted right then was to find Swan with good news. With the boy in her arms, born on Dragon Mount, and his mother packed for travel, would be best of all. <laughs> um, like she is, she is done with this already. Yeah, she wants to go, and somehow even more than like wanting to have found the Dragon Reborn, she is not looking to want to run into Lan at this time. But. <laughs> <laughs> surprises around every mm-hmm. corner. So, of course, as Maureen's walking around a corner, she just about collides with Maureen Redhill. And she's got this entourage of servants carrying all of her things, and she's le- being led by the Chatayenne, because, of course, she's in a- Maureen is an Aes Sedai, so she's receiving the highest quality of hospitality available. Uh, Maureen is surprised to see Maureen, and of course, she comments on how Moraine has kind of like ditched her minor nobility disguise and is now full on Lady Domadred, but then mm-hmm. also says like, you're still hiding because you're not wearing your ring. And Moraine's first kind of response to Maureen is, are you alone? And she's like, it is just me, Laurel, who had been the Aes Sedai with Maureen in Canloom. Is that mm-hmm. right? That that was the city mm-hmm. they were in before? Mm-hmm. So Laurel has gone in a different direction. So it's just Maureen that has come on to the palace. And Maureen is kind of like alarm bells ringing. This doesn't feel right to her. Like Laurel mm-hmm. had been really focused on getting to Chachin, And she's now she's not here. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I know plans can change and stuff. But so everything inside Maureen's head at this moment is all black Aja and dark friends. And she also like this just kind of hits her realizes black sisters can lie. And that is a huge revelation for her. And so Maureen and Maureen finish up their little conversation. Maureen's not sure if Maureen's someone that she should trust or not. Um, but then, of course, this servant who had been escorting Maureen is still standing there, and is like, "Oh my God, you're Isadai!" And Maureen's you're like, "You're an well. Sedai, too, <laughs> yeah." And Maureen's like, "Well, fuck, there goes, there goes that, yeah." Um, and like the the servant is so nice she's like i won't tell anyone and marine's like well that's not gonna do any good because there was all those people (laughs) over there with marine they saw it they're not gonna stay quiet like cats out of the bag and so she just reaches into her pouch and pulls out her great serpent ring and puts it on and it's like all right bitches i guess it's the full deal now so (laughs) she decides in her huff that she wants to be taken to sea land and land's servants attempt to deny Moraine entrance, but she <laughs> she is in a get shit done, don't fuck with me mood, and she barges in anyway. <laughs> yeah, she's- no nonsense. Yeah, she's done. Like, and like,
1: what the heck, Land? Like, bar your door if you don't want yeah. someone coming in. Like, <laughs> you don't
0: want people just <laughs> well. Y- I guess he's expecting other people to be polite and respect when his servants mm-hmm. tell them to go away. And he's not expecting tiny, ferocious little Moraine to come stomping in. <laughs> this angry little doll. <laughs> right? All kinds of mad so when she reaches his inner chamber, she finds him in a room with all the furniture cleared to the edges, and he is shirtless, practicing sword forms. And the lack of a shirt gives her a hint as to what activities Lan has been up to. So, oh, this is where she sees the... Yeah. The yeah. marks. Yep. <laughs> um, let's see here. Yeah. Claw marks from some wild animal on his back or marks left by a woman could this cold man actually inspire such passion in a woman that she would
1: <gasps> yes she yes felt he her can cheeks <laughs>
0: heating at the image that popped into her head <laughs> oh aghast um so yeah so eden has definitely left her mark on lan in more than one way but, but um he psh- is <laughs> <laughs> But he is definitely not happy to see Moraine and thinks that now she's lying about being an Aes and a Damage And so his disdain for her is kind of like at its maximum level. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to get rid of her and she is just not having it. Instead, she demands assistance from Lan. Like there is this oath between the White Tower and... Uh, Malkir, the kingdom of Malchier. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah. There was a pledge made and held since the War of the Hundred Years that Malchier would ride when the White Tower called. I am Aes Sedai and I call you. So Maureen is like...
1: And now she's put, she's put herself in an interesting predicament because... Mm-hmm. Lan <laughs> <laughs> has... Go ahead. Well Lan's got some questions and mm-hmm. for... For what it's worth, Moraine, Moraine, I'm sure has never even thought about this situation, especially considering she's she seems to not know very much about the customs for Malkier. So it's not mm-hmm. so surprising that she wouldn't know about what happened between the White Tower and Malkier. But the fact that mm-hmm. she's bringing this up and not even thinking about the implications of what it means for him and mm-hmm. what he's gone through it's just mm-hmm. oh it makes me it makes me upset i'm just like moraine come on come mm-hmm. on
0: <laughs> and it clearly upset it clearly upsets lan like yeah he's he's like well i actually have a question for you like every ice that i've ever asked about this has kind of just wriggled away from the truth And I want you to tell me why the White Tower wasn't there to aid Malkier when it was under attack.
1: Where was the White Tower when Malkier fell, Maureen? Yes. Tell me this.
0: Yep. And she hesitates because the answer has been sealed to the tower. And so it's something that as a tower initiate, you know, but no one outside the tower is supposed to know. And she says that the White Tower had actually sent sisters to help in Melchiaire, but they didn't make it in time. And basically, rather than admit that they failed, they just were okay with everyone thinking that they didn't care enough to step in and help out. So, Why were they so slow? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I mean... I'm sure that what happened in Malkier was not just like a matter of days and Malkier was done. Like, even without the ability to travel the way that other ages had made it easier to travel, they don't have access to that. So they would have had a slow journey. But still, like, and don't you think you would want people to know, hey, we tried. We we did our best. We We at least tried. But no. No, no. The tower just does not, like, admitting its failures at all and Lan accepts this answer fairly calmly and kind of mutters under his breath like almost he could believe like almost he could believe she's Aes Sedai but he's still really he's struggling with that but Moraine says that what she needs from him is assistance in basically spying on marine she wants to know what marine is up to she wants like her actions followed so which is the same thing um but <laughs> <laughs> don't mind me and my redundancy but of course she also knows that land can't be the person to do that but he can get people to help and kind of keep an eye on marine for him and he's like no one follows me but I could probably ask Bukama and Ryan to do this for me. And she's like, okay, Bukama, but not Ryan. For her, it was the fact that Ryan had seemed to be like tripping all over himself because she was an Aes Sedai. And so she just can't imagine him trailing an Aes Sedai without almost falling over himself in. Yeah, like the sheer awe of who she is as a person, or just flat out admitting what he was doing to her. Doing to her that. Sorry, for some odd reason that sounded weird. So, he, Lan agrees, and Moraine returns to her rooms, and <laughs> Swan is playing at being Suki the maid. She's not doing <laughs> Suki. Suki. <laughs> <laughs> she's not doing a very good job of being you remember a the other
1: day we were, i was talking about picking a, d- a name for a dog so.
0: <laughs> yeah here we go Suki is a, that's a good dog name <laughs> hmm. maybe that's why it's also a good servant name question mark, question mark. Um, <laughs> yeah that just i'm like mm, servants close to dogs it just feels really uncomfortable anyway so she's back in her room and she is not alone. Uh, the Lady Assel, who is the Lady Eden's daughter and the woman who um, is potentially going to marry Lan, she's sitting in the room and she <laughs> she's the, that kind old, of... That
1: old back scratcher. <laughs>
0: mm. It's so weird. It's just so weird. Anyway, so Lady Assel is like, I want to go to the tower. I have been tested. I. It has been said that I'll be really strong, and I need you, if you are actually nice an I to take me to the tower. Like basically, tell my mom that you're taking me, and then she won't have a choice. She'll have to do what you say. But like this doubt that the lady cell is throwing on Moraine at the same time that she's asking her for help oddly doesn't sit well with Moraine. She's like, you know what? If that's the case. I'm sure things will get figured out. Get the fuck out of here. I've got stuff to do. Yeah. So the Lady of Cell leaves, um, and Swan starts telling Moraine about her adventures trying to get to uh the le- Lady Ines to find out about the child that was born in Tarvalon.
1: Okay, before we go there, I just wanted to say how much yeah. does it say about Lady Edain that even her daughter doesn't want a part of this scheme. Like she, Good point. she does not want to be married off to her mother's former lover, and right. she would Who rather go to still the tower. Having sex
0: with? Yeah. yeah, she is still. She's ugh. still having. Here, I'm just gonna pass him off to you. After honoring him until his knees couldn't hold him up, I don't know. <laughs> like- <laughs> Anyway, so the Lady Acel, maybe she sees the difficulty in trying to raise a nation that's been crushed by the shadow and just doesn't want any part of it. And so the Lady Acel wants to leave. And I mean, also... She seems pretty convinced that she really wants to. Be- She's already picked out the Green Aja for herself. She's like, "I'm of gonna course. be, yeah, I'm gonna be Green Green Aja." Um, little sweet little little Borderland
1: girl, right? It what makes uh, what sense. other Aja would she choose? None,
0: just that one, just that mm-hmm. one.
1: I would Let- like to see. I would love to see it broken down, broken down into nationalities.
0: Ooh, <laughs> Who <yeah>. goes where? <laughs> Oh, that would be interesting. Okay, now I kind of want to do that. Anyway, I I like I like organizing things and cataloging things and stuff like that. That would be that would be a fun, like, way to find out how things. Yeah. Can't you just see like the majority of the Borderland women becoming green? Yeah.
1: it just Retribution, totally goddamn it! Right? <laughs> they took um, our sons and their husbands
0: and our fathers. We'll right? show you, Trolloc. <laughs> Look what I can do. Yeah, um, yeah. I that would just make sense to me. To um, so Swan reveals that she has not had a whole heck of a lot of luck, other than finding out that Cal, who is apparently very pretty. Uh, is also a very good kisser. And Swan and Moraine have like this Scandalous. little...
1: Scandalous! Yes. Yeah, like just this little <laughs> moment
0: of talking about making out and like how nice it is and how much they miss it. and Okay. But it also seems to irk Swan more that Moraine approached Lan than finding out that Maureen is also in the Aydishar Palace. So <clears throat> I'm not quite sure... Like I think Swan is afraid that Lan's going to like blabber about what he's doing mm-hmm. and potentially why he's doing and giving it away.
1: Yeah, Swan Swan knows nothing about him. So Yeah.
0: Yeah, and Maureen's like, "I just he just doesn't seem like that kind of guy to me." So the footman that Swan had gone to see had not been in the lady's service for very long, but he was able to basically verify the fact that the child that Lady Inez has is not the dragon reborn. He was born too far away and I think it was like ten days before or something, but that everything didn't line up. So this is not the woman they're looking for. This is not the child that they're looking for. And Swan says that, you know, she's led Cal to believe that her mistress isn't very nice to her and she may be looking for a place to stay. And of course, this again sets Maureen to be like, oh, a Scandal, are you gonna sleep with him? She's like, no, you silly woman, it would just be a different bed. She just gets so chill. Like, yeah. And I mean, even if she does sleep with him, that's fine. It's fine. You guys are young. There's heartleaf tea laying around somewhere, I'm sure. (laughs) Everyone will be fine. Everyone will be fine. The chapter wraps up with Moraine thinking about Moraine and wondering whether or not she's Black Aja or a Seeker that Moraine and Swan may not be aware of. But she also feels like she's missing something. And that really bothers her because if she doesn't have this puzzle figured out, she says... What she did not know could kill her. Worse, it could kill the dragon reborn in his cradle. And so I think that really kind of hammer, hammers home how dire of a search this is for Moraine in particular. And I feel like Swan's mostly on board with her as well. But this feels like a burning need in Moraine to find this child and protect him and save him. So, Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just her her blue Aja is showing.
0: Yeah, yeah. She, this is her cause. This is the cause that she has put herself into. And she's definitely that kind of person where it's like, you're not going to tell me what I can and cannot do. I will do what I think is the right thing yeah, to do. What,
1: yeah, what she believes she has to do. It's mm-hmm. her fire, you know? Yeah.
0: And I mean, it probably slash definitely adds to... This driving need she has, knowing how many of these seekers are now dead. Like every seeker that her and Swan knew of have been killed since leaving the tower. So, and really, even one after they had come back to the tower. So, yeah. If Mm -hmm. they, like, if Moraine and Swan are not out there looking, who is left to do it that would know about it? Because at this point, everyone that would have known about it is dead. So, unless they're Black Aja, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. The only
1: people that know would be the ones that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Black Aja, that's all that's left. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that wraps that up. And then going in to Chapter 26, which is called When to Surrender, we start out with Lan just sneaking alone, creeping through the Idashar palace I love and it. he's being very Zen and he's using the Kodi to wrap himself in calmness mm-hmm. and he it, it quotes within the book he can almost sense the presence of others before he sees them and then mm-hmm. he has this time to duck out of sight before he actually sees anyone, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows Edain has eyes and ears all over the palace, so he's so helpless feeling that he he doesn't want to be seen, and furthermore, he's even wearing his sword, even though it's making him look foolish because mm-hmm. who, you know you don't wear your weapons around, walking around in a palace where you would have this presumption of security within yes. the palace. So yes. it's kind of like a faux pas. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't care. He feels naked without a sword right now. And I would say this is because of Lady E. and all of the shit that she is putting him through. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, um, Moraine has basically come to him with what I'm sure he thinks is just some cockamamie scheme about Maria and Mm Redhill. So, yeah, he's just, he's creeping around. And as he hears, or as he feels someone coming, he kind of flattens himself, I think, up against a wall somewhere and just narrowly escapes being seen by Marianne, who is walking with Isella, mm-hmm. and they're talking together. And they kind of walk on further and part ways.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then Lan gets to a staircase, and before he can, <laughs> before he can take a step, he is just thrown down the stairs by some. <laughs> it's like it, by it, some it, force. Yeah, he he doesn't see anyone. He doesn't yeah. hear anyone. And before he knows it, he's just like head over heels, just rolling, tumbling down mm-hmm. these stairs. And if you've <laughs> seen. <laughs> old and timey stairs I'm guessing (laughs) you know these aren't wooden stairs these would Mm -hmm. be probably cut out of stone this is not just a little like oops fell down this would be like tumbling and careening down Mm -hmm. a lot of stairs Mm -hmm. so when he gets to the bottom there are servants just (laughs) looking up at him like what the hell man Mm And they're they're saying, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you should have died after a fall like that. You should be dead." And it's at this moment he realizes that someone had used the one power to throw him down the stairs. Mm-hmm. So he knows that there's an Aes eye behind it. And in his mind, you know, there's only a few within the cat or within the palace, so, chances are he's got a good suspicion on who it was. Mm -hmm. And there's really only two options there. Mm -hmm. Um, So he is then found by a palace guard, and this palace guard tells him, you know, quick, come quick, something's wrong with your man Bukama. He's dying, but if we get there quick, you know, we, we still might have time. And Yeah, this is, oh, this is heartbreaking. It's so
0: hard. This one's so hard.
1: Yeah. So, you know, Lan runs as fast as he can, even after taking such an incredible fall down the stairs. And by the time he gets there, it's just too late. And Bukama is dead with the knife sticking out of his back. Mm -hmm. So, for one as a reader, I feel like we are supposed to know that if you're if you're knifed in the back, it's maybe he didn't maybe it's someone who uh, you could you could make the you could make the argument that it was someone he knew that they didn't want mm-hmm. to be seen
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I mean, who knows at this point we mm-hmm. we don't know we can guess, yeah, so. Lan runs to Moraine's room at full speed and just charges in in through the doors. And when he arrives, to my shock, he doesn't yell at her. He doesn't get loud. He's not even glaring at her. He calmly tells her that Bukama is dead. And that moments ago, someone tried killing him with the one power. Mm
0: -hmm. And he
1: tells Moraine that it was either you, Moraine, or Marianne. Mm Mm-hmm. And Moraine explains that if Moraine was holding Sidar, then it's very unlikely that she didn't notice him hiding in the hallway.
0: Because mm-hmm. Lan
1: was like, Well, I don't think I don't think it was her because I was I was far enough away and I was hiding and she couldn't see me. So Moraine gives him the, the loadout on how that works. If you're mm-hmm. holding Side are how your senses are, um, you're, you're yeah, you're more aware and you can see further and you can mm-hmm. hear easily easier. And what I think this is what I think this is interesting is because if you are just reading this book as a standalone book, you would you wouldn't have known that. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of nice for Robert Jordan to kind of slip that in Mm -hmm. as an explanation. And then as they're having this conversation, we switch from Lan's perspective to Moraine's point of view. And this is basically the moment where it clicks and Moraine is like, yeah, Moraine is black Aja. And she just, you know, she knows it at this point, like deep within her bones, she feels it. Mm-hmm. And she asked Lan if the Lady Isella is safe because Isella was with Maureen. And Lan thinks she is, considering after he found Bukama, he saw her going somewhere with Prince Bryce and Bryce's son Derek. Mm-hmm. So Moraine sees what is happening, and it's all kind of forming a picture in her head. And she asked Lan where Bryce would go for privacy, Mm -hmm. And then they run together to Bryce's private balcony. Mm -hmm. So we have a quote here, and it's, She let the power fill her as she ran, till sweetness and joy bordered pain and the intensity and tried to... Well, I guess I didn't write that well enough because I don't know what it was supposed to say. (laughs) Hold on, let me look at this for a second. No, no, you're so fine. You're, You're totally fine. I know what it's supposed to say, but I don't know how.
0: I just I just found it in the book.
1: Go uh, ahead. You read it. You is read it.
0: Does she let the power fill her as she ran? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she let the power fill her as she ran, till sweetness and joy bordered pain in their intensity and tried to plan what she would do, what she could do against a woman considerably stronger than she was, a woman who had been Aes more than 100 years before her own great-grandmother was born. She wished you were not so afraid. She wished Swan were with her. Aww. Yeah. So what's
1: also great about this little quote here is that we get to see, again, how long Marian has lived as Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. We know that she's one of the older older Aes Sedai, after, especially after all of the older Aes Sedais have been being killed, killed. under mysterious circumstances. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Marianne is definitely someone not to be trifled with. She mm-hmm. definitely has an advantage here. And Moraine knows how formidable she really is and how strong she is. Mm-hmm. So when Moraine finds Marian, she's, you know, there, filled with Sidar, holding Bryce and Derek while they're just thrashing being held with these weaves of air and Isella is just gaping (laughs) at what's going on and I just I feel so bad for this poor woman she's I think we when she's saying oh I want to become an Aes Sedai and I want to be a green water and we we get these almost kind of child childish like Whimsical fancies, and yep. all of this is going on, and she's just standing there with her mouth open, and she, you know, this poor girl has no clue what she just walked into. Wa- walked mm-hmm. into. So, <clears throat> furthermore, as all of this is going on, Ryan is just standing there with his arms crossed, watching mm-hmm. like a sack of shit, just you know, like <laughs> pleased with his work.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: Ryan. Dark friend confirmed. Yep. So Marian is trying to throw Bryce's son over the ledge, and Moraine screams, No. Mm -hmm. She Moraine channels a weave of spirit and flings it at Marian with all of her strength, but it splinters. Mm Marian bounds and gags Isella with air and tells Ryan he did a good job killing Bukama and now it's his turn to kill Lan. Now, yeah. So this is where everything starts happening at once. Mm -hmm. Ryan lunges for land. Moraine strikes Moraine with the same weave of spirit that Moraine had previously used on her. Mm -hmm. Moraine counters it with air and fire, breaking the weave of spirit and she tries to sever the weaves holding Bryce and his son, but Marianne cuts that weave and starts to bind Moraine mm-hmm. with a weave of spirit once again. Um, then Marianne hurls basically fire at Moraine, and Moraine cuts that down right before it can make contact. And things are just getting crazier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Marianne, Marianne is throwing weaves at Moraine that she has never seen, weaves that would prove she is Black Aja. But Moraine, you know, holds her own and keeps cutting them down. Mm -hmm. And all while she's still trying to cut these weaves down, she's trying to cut the weaves that are holding Bryce and his son loose. So it's just they are both multitasking. And it reminds me of Moraine's test for the shawl, where you said she's humming and, you know, channeling and dancing dancing, Mm -hmm. and yeah so it's really cool that we got that little test for the shawl chapter Mm -hmm. and getting to see all that she can do and here's the first time that she is out in the world and has been put to the test
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah so very cool Mm -hmm. so um at this point she sees these weaves that she's never seen before and she knows Mariana's is black aja and this is her proof so what while she's still trying to cut bryce and his son loose marian throws the boy off the ledge and at the same time she hits moraine hard mm-hmm. and it you know it sends her flying backwards and i you know like i get this mental image of her just smashing her head on the ground on like some, you know, these or granite, you know, floors and just knocking herself out. Mm -hmm. And by the time Moraine opens her eyes, she realizes that it's too late. She's being shielded. Mm -hmm. Um, Lan and Ryan are still fighting and she forces herself to say Derek's name in her head. And She had a really sweet interaction with this boy in the previous chapter Mm -hmm. where he's, you know, he's kind of bruised up and she's like, how did you manage to do that? And he's telling her the story of Mm -hmm. how he fell. And it was just that quick moment before Moraine had to leave, but it really shows how tender of a heart she has very much so she's forcing herself to say this boy's name and it's giving her something to cling to and to fight for and she she forces herself to her feet and then at the same time marian throws bryce off the ledge then he lifts Isella to do the same um moraine uses her bi- her belt knife, comes up to Marian, and just stabs her in the back. Mm-hmm. And she tries to grab Isela's hand and pull her up off the ledge, but she, she just can't. She's not strong enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this moment, Lan shows up behind her, and he tells her to never watch a death that she doesn't have to mm-hmm. and pulls her down from the railing. And as she's looking at land, she sees how severely injured he is. And she also sees that Ryan is dead. So Moraine walks to Moraine's dead body, pulls the belt knife out of her, and I quote, cleaned it on the traitor's skirts. <laughs> where I had this moment where all of this was going on, and I'm just thinking, oh gosh, this is so terrible. There's so much tragedy and Moraine is going to be broken and watching this poor little boy die and then the prince and then Isella, and then she takes the knife and cleans it off on this traitor's skirts and I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, Moraine, like, (laughs) you can be hard, you can do this.
0: Well, in her sense of justice, like, Mm -hmm. shes it's come up over and over again where she's like, this person deserves, like, a trial and an execution and blah, 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 and, like, this instant she is all of those things and i mean it has to be slightly satisfying to her to actually eliminate someone like maureen who is black aja like i just
1: oh (laughs) we don't like the black aja do we boy don't like the black aja
0: come here oh you are all wet you're so wet <laughs> oh, he's been outside. Oh, thank you for sharing. <laughs> I don't. Something has got his attention. It's pretty funny. Okay, you're okay. You're okay. I love you. I love you. Go somewhere else. You're so wet. Okay. All right. That was funny. Just like. Me, 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 me. That
1: was our special guest.
0: Yeah, special guest doing churro. Um, <laughs> he's not very chatty. <laughs> so nice. uh, but yeah I can just see this being like a really satisfying moment for Moraine and like being able to see Maureen as a traitor would have made it just feel like because I mean what kind of justice would Maureen have gotten if Maureen had somehow gotten her back to the tower like mm-hmm. in that moment instant justice just feels really satisfying and,
1: and there's a there's another little Piece that I kind of left out, but what it it might be a good segue into this is, Moraine's biggest fault, mm-hmm. like the thing that she did wrong, is if she would have never threatened Moraine's life, mm-hmm. then Moraine would not be would be held by her oath not to attack her, her yeah, not to hurt her. Mm-hmm. So Marianne could have. Had she had been smarter about it, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Moraine wouldn't have been able to attack her, but
0: yeah. I don't know. I don't know because at that point Moraine has convinced herself that Maureen is Black Aja, which would make her dark friend. And she can use the power against Shadowspawn.
1: But as we see multiple times within these chapters, she didn't have proof. Oh, okay. So that's why she can't go to the tower even after everything is said and done after this whole battle was fought. Mm-hmm. So she even destroys the evidence because yeah. there is no proof to take back.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. You're right. That makes sense.
1: So she's, yeah, she's just like, you know what, lady? Like, you're done. <laughs> yeah. You're done fucked up. <laughs> yep. And so... Mm. As she's cleaning, you know, her belt knife off, she's trying not to just fall apart. Her knees are almost so weak she can't stand, and she's just trying not to cry. And lands like you're a cool one, I said I, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) and she says as cool as I must be, and she can still hear Derek's screams ringing in her ears and Mm -hmm. Isella's face below her. And as in the test for the shawl, all her calm was outward shown. Did you add this? I don't think so. Okay. I don't even remember writing it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But she clung to it tightly. Let go for an instance, and she would be on her knees weeping, howling with grief. It seems Ryan was wrong as well as a dark friend. You were better than he. Land shook his head slightly. He was better, but he thought he but he thought I was finished with only one arm. He never understood. You surrender after you're dead. And Moray nodded. Surrender after you're dead. So mm. they have a nice little moment to bond on what just happened and. Mm-hmm. I love that Lan is kind of guiding guiding her through what it's like to be a soldier, kind Mm -hmm. of. He's giving her this, it's not really a pep talk, but he's trying to kind of lift her, you know, out of this, out of, you know, her own head and the things that she's just seen. And, I mean, you would think, in real life, this might be something that would give you PTSD or just, you know, shake you to your core, something that would, Mm -hmm. you know, put you in therapy. And Lan is kind of laying this groundwork, which I think comes up, that will come up later, where he's showing her, you know, you you can be soft and you can be hard and you can grieve and there's a way to do it without letting it consume you and these are the these are the prices that we have to pay you know when something this you know serious is happening Mm -hmm. when these crimes are you know put in front of you there's only one thing you can do and he's Mm -hmm. kind of trying to show her give her some solace in what she just took part of yeah and lan as I had mentioned, was very seriously injured. So Mm -hmm. she heals him and gets rid of Marianne's body using fire because she cannot prove that she is Black Aja. And she tells him that she cannot lie about what happened here today, but she can remain silent. Mm -hmm. And she asks if Lan will do the same. So, yeah, she's um, she has to... (laughs) do some, like, crime scene cleanup. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, this is something that we can get into later because it's one of the discussion topics, but I do not know how on earth she manages to do this without other people seeing Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: not knowing what just happened because I feel like there would be screaming and... Maybe just between Lan and Ryan, but oh, maybe since Maureen had everyone else bound with air and no one could really make any loud noises. Maybe it was a fairly silent um, encounter. Yeah, yeah, Hmm. but I don't know because... Well,
0: she did ask, like, when Maureen was asking Lan where Maureen would be with Prince Bryce, she asked, like, where's the place that he would go for like a maximum amount of privacy and so maybe that's like what people from being but i mean at the same time in a palace when you're like the head of the palace and the nobility servants are always close by so it would seem i mean there were there were servants who like seemed to materialize out of nowhere when land fell down the stairs Mm -hmm. so how i don't know that's a good point that's a good point
1: Yeah, I just wonder. And then when they talk about them being on a balcony, when I think of a balcony, I would assume people in the yard would be able to see you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Yeah. I mean, or maybe there's a south, you know, side to the palace where, you know, maybe on one of the sides where the balcony is, it's more private, like a private garden or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I still, you know, like I picture groundskeepers or <laughs> yeah,
0: like people. Mm-hmm. There, there would just be people there. Hmm.
1: So this really, either Marieanne had really set this all up in a way to make sure that there was absolutely no one around. Hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would have loved a little bit more, a little bit more of an explanation. But you know, mm-hmm. it. it it does. I don't have to have one. I can nah. use my imagination and theorize. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I like imagination time. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. And that's yeah. yeah
1: that's the end of chapter twenty-six. Yep. Yeah. Mm. The last chapter. The very last chapter. And all the all that. We did it. Yeah,
0: yeah, we did it. And all that's, that's left crazy. is the epilogue. Yep. Yeah, I'm like I. I don't really have. I just have the, oh, you wrote notes. You're so good. I just have, like, things marked out in the chapter, like the palace is in mourning. The very next day, there are white banners flying from every prominence.
1: I did like that Moraine destroys all of Marianne's belongings after finding nothing to tie her to the Black Aja. So once again, you know, she burned the body, and then she got rid of all of her stuff. Just Yeah.
0: It's like she was never there. Mm Mm-hmm
1: she returns to her apartments and this is where she finds swan and they finally have a moment to discuss
0: everything that happened oh before we move on to that though so one of the things that's in the very opening of the epilogue is an appearance from lady eden and how like
1: grief-stricken she is yeah
0: like she's like shorn her hair off and like she's not really responding or talking to anyone like any idea of her still trying to raise the flag of Melchior has died with her daughter and she is just completely grief-stricken which It makes
1: sense. It makes sense because she tried to use her daughter as a pawn Mm -hmm. in her own, you know, she wanted this high position, I feel, personally for herself. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure she feels guilty that she trapped her daughter into something that she didn't want to do,
0: trapped Mm -hmm. Lan
1: into doing something that he didn't want to do, all while currently still sleeping with him Mm -hmm. so taking liberties with the fact that she is his carnianiera (laughs) i don't know how to say it
0: Um, either it's fine
1: so i mean she was playing almost every side Mm -hmm. she was doing only what she wanted she wanted power she wanted she still wanted a relationship with lan all while trying to force him together with her daughter and that's you know she has to live with that now yeah. and everything else is gone she's lost mm-hmm. everything so
0: yeah. and i mean i think there was some definite pride and affection i don't really know we don't see eden and Issel, like interact other mm-hmm. than Eden pointing her out while she's walking in the garden, and I think it's something like obvious pride tinged her voice or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you know, she has feelings attached to her daughter, but this just seems to like have completely wrecked her. Um, and yeah, I, I... and
1: maybe it's something that it's maybe something that she wanted for her family, like power mm-hmm. for her family, but still not willing to give up. Lan as a lover.
0: <laughs> well, within and... those past few days. The other thing I just thought of is like that's the end of another Melchior house. Mm-hmm. Like, if Lady Eden has lost her daughter, there's no opportunity to expand her family's name any longer. So it's not just and the death if she's, of her daughter.
1: Yeah. And she's yeah. considerably older than Lan, so she might not be able to have any more children.
0: Yeah. I want to say there's at least a 10 year. No. It's sixteen. He was double her age when they first got together. So she was thirty-two when he was sixteen, and he's now twenty-six. So she's like forty-two-ish, okay. which means not you, could. not impossible, yeah. But, but I mean, her childbearing years are behind her, really. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of like wrap that up for Eden because she has played such a big role in the books and like the to have this ending there for her it's tragic but in some ways it ties up a loose end that land didn't want anything to do with anyway so Mm -hmm. again between the death of and what's happened with lady eden his responsibilities in the borderlands has now definitely changed as well Mm -hmm. yeah so moraine and swan catch up Right, that's where you were before I yeah. interrupted
1: you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. So Swan basically just, you know, lays it out there and says she found the son of Inez, the boy they were hoping was the dragon reborn, and he's not the one. Mm-hmm. And Moraine's just kind of like, yeah, well <laughs> not surprised at this point in time. Yeah. You know. And the boy was born two miles from Dragon Mount, much too far away to fit Guitara's prophecy. And that Marianne has not been near him. So Mm -hmm. this leads to further questions why she never made it to, you know, finding this boy.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And they begin trying to solve this Black Aja assassination plot. And Moraine tells Swan the story of what happened in the palace. And then Swan kind of gets to work doing Mm -hmm. her thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so Marian killed, uh, Prince Bryce's son, Derek, first. So it Mm seems like he was the most important target. She also tried to kill Lan, Mm -hmm. so they assume that this is another key to the puzzle and that it's revolving around luck. Mm -hmm. All of the victims that were a part of this had luck on their Mm -hmm. side, so... Before they had arrived to the palace, Derek survived this fall that should have killed him. Mm -hmm. And then Lan is constantly being referred to as the luckiest man alive. Yep. And it makes a pattern. So Moraine states that both the blacksmith and the husband of Mistress Najima were also killed in mysterious ways. Mm -hmm. And Swan is like piecing all of the information out and then... There's a really good quote on this, and she says, Swan says, "Um, suddenly she stopped dead and said, she never went near Raheem, Mm Moraine. The Black Aja knows the dragon reborn, but they don't bloody know when. Maybe Tamara managed to keep it back, or maybe they were too rough and she died before they could pry it out of her. That has to be it. And then her eagerness turns to horror light they're killing any man or boy who might be able to channel oh burn me thousands of could die moraine tens of thousands Mm -hmm. so we finally finally get to it we finally get to learn what has been you know driving this whole story basically Mm -hmm. we from the beginning we've been saying you know black aja everywhere and theorizing, you know, are they killing because these, you know, other Aes I know of the prophecy or are they killing because they're trying to make the tower numbers dwindle even further? Are mm-hmm. they killing the oldest and most um, well-known, strongest channelers? And so we finally get it. <laughs> the answer is when yes. I, yes 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 I finally got this point I was just thinking like oh there it is thank god yep. like it's laid out because I mm-hmm. that was my biggest fear is that I would get to the end of the book and not have this concrete like there it is
0: there it so, is so but
1: there, there it, it is. is
0: Hooray! yeah and I like how she pointed out like in Moraine's thought process Men who could cha- channel seldom knew what they were doing, at least in the beginning. At first, they also, often just seemed to be lucky. And mm-hmm. so this luck that's surrounding them, that's what's pulling. So they also don't have access to the list of names. Like if they didn't ever go towards that Rahian kid, mm-hmm. then they don't know who's on the list. And mm-hmm. if they do, they may not have gone through them the same way that Maureen and Swan were able to do. So, so yeah, they're just they're, they're look
1: yeah they're looking for male channelers,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they 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 definitely don't know the whole prophecy.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, they just so can't.
1: yeah. It looks like Tamara really put up a fight there. So. Yeah. Kudos to her. Good job, because, Tamara. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then S- Moraine thinks Swan was right. The Black Aja had begun a slaughter. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, they realize they're not looking for babies, and then mm-hmm. this gives them an advantage. So Moraine tells Swan that she should go back to the tower and continue, you know, helping be that being in the eyes and ears network and that maybe she can find out more information working with Satalia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. while Swan does that, Moraine will just go on looking for the boy. So yep. this is where they make their, you know, final part ways in. Yeah. <sighs> mm-hmm. And like you said, how great would it be to see, you know, Swan's, rise to power as the Amarlin, but we mm-hmm. don't. We finally, you know, this is the last sentence here where we see Swan, and then we have to wait until um, Beginning
0: the Great of book Hunt. Two? Yeah, before we see it's Swan great hunt.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. And then Moraine hears from Swan that Lan has already left the palace about an hour ago, so she rides hard to catch up with him. She thinks that you know she's got unsettled business <laughs> with our boy Lan. Yeah, so, I
0: like I like she, where it says she had made a decision about him the first day she knew him. If he turned out not to be a dark friend, and she intended to keep it. And I was like, oh. <gasps>
1: <laughs> so does that mean when she first saw him and he threw her in the pond she was like you're gonna be my warder
0: that's that's what I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> like if she, and I mean what a good choice at the same time like someone that she has pushed and pushed and prodded and prodded and been like my 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 too and like if he's put up with all of that shit from her yeah. and agrees to be her warder like yeah
1: and I like, I like too that we we had that moment with him with her coming, you know, to his room or he came to her room and said, you know, tell me what happened with Malkier. Tell me where mm-hmm. was the white tower and she broke her oaths basically telling him to tell that. Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's almost like even then she knew that she might want him as a warder because they don't keep secrets from each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So. And if he becomes a warder, then he's also part of the tower in a way. So mm-hmm. that she hasn't broken her oath in the same way, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like that she like she's already had this in mind for him. And, I mean, we've been kind of thinking about it too because, I mean, obviously we know – how their relationship kind of unfolds in some ways. Mm-hmm. But like when uh, Lan and Bukama first come into Kamloom and they're like, there are a bunch of Aes Sedai everywhere. And Aes Sedai like to grab up Malkieri for warders because yeah, of the reputation. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not letting that happen to me. I don't <laughs> want anything to do with Aes Sedai. They're awful. Damn Aes Sedai. I still don't understand what mm-hmm. pissed up. That's it. That's what has him mad at the Aes Sedai. They didn't mm-hmm. show up to help. Mm-hmm. I just put that together.
1: this fucking Aes Sedai.
0: Yeah. I was like, why does Lan hate the Aes Sedai so much? Now I know why. Now I know why.
1: And I'm sure, Light too, bulb. there have been other instances because he says that he's asked other Aes Sedai why, you know, that happened, why they never came, and they just showed like him icy coolness and never explained yeah. anything.
0: Yeah. So he probably
1: just thinks they're all liars and mm-hmm. scoundrels.
0: <laughs> Worse than Kyrian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Maureen heads out from the palace. She's on Lance Trail and she comes across him.
1: Are you gonna talk about the throwing the coins at the servants? No <laughs> i love that how she's Uh, she she runs to the stables and it says like before she can even before before the coin had even been caught like while it's still in midair they had saddled her horse up and gotten her ready to go
0: (laughs) she literally throws money around (laughs) yeah yeah here have some silver coins for you no what what I was going to say was how when she comes she finds Lan and he's like in front of a small fire and strangely the smell of burning hair hung in the air. Mm-hmm.
1: Like We know what's happening as the readers. Yeah, she doesn't. She
0: doesn't. Yeah. He's
1: burning his hair.
0: Yeah, his daori? Is that what it's called? I think that's, whatever, I think that's what I Whatever whatever Eden
1: was not had him, you know chained to his rooms with because yep. for their weird Malkyrie custom and I've got uh, that in discussion uh, notes too uh, uh, I know. <laughs> um, he says but, that he's burning his past and burning memories, memories and burning a nation and oof god the golden crane will fly no
0: more yeah sad Sadness. yeah and then, and then, of course, Maureen doesn't like mince any words. She's like, "Yeah, well, that's cool and all, but uh, I want you to be my warder." By the way, by the way, wh- what do you say?
1: Yeah. And then this was her. Um, I'm just, I'm just gonna read this because this is so good. It's so good. so good. So good. So good.
0: Do it. Do it.
1: She said, "I fight the same war as you against the shadow." "'Marion was Black Aja. She told, him, "'She told him all of it, "'from Gatara's foretelling "'in the presence of the Amarlin seat "'and too accepted to what she and Swan had reasoned out, "'the deaths of Tamra's searchers every last bit. "'For another man, she would have left most unsaid, "'but there were few secrets between a warder and Aes Sedai. "'For another man, she might have softened it, "'but she did not believe hidden enemies frightened him.' not even when they were Aes Sedai. You said you burned your past. Let the past have its ashes. This is the same war land, the most important battle yet in the war. and this one, you can win. So. <laughs> <laughs> this, oh my gosh, this is just so good. This is just, it's written so well, and I feel the gravity of it, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I feel how strong she has to be and how she finally feels like she can with land she can be 100% honest and she doesn't have to pad the truth you know there's no kid gloves yep. he's not going to nope. she knows he's not scared he ain't no he ain't scared of nothing so <laughs> yeah yep. and then this is another part that So he's basically, like, just sitting there staring for a long amount of time. And she doesn't really know what he's going to say or do. Mm -hmm. And then he draws his sword so fast that she almost thinks that he's going to, like, cut her down. Mm -hmm. And before she could, you know, blink, he's on his knee with his sword. And he swears an oath to her and he says by my mother's name i will draw as you say draw and sheath as you say sheath by my mother's name i will come as you say come and go as you say go and we we do know like at one point this yeah at one point she does tell him to go which mm-hmm. oh, makes mm-hmm. me so sad <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So then she says there's a little more to it and lays hands on him. And then they are bonded. And that's, mm-hmm. that's that.
0: Yeah. I, I thought what was really, I thought it was really sweet about this moment is that all of the emotions that Moraine doesn't show on the outside of her carry through that bond. And he can and, feel them. Yeah. And Land like. He senses who she is as the person underneath the facade that she shows, and in some ways, I feel like that almost—I mean, as soft as land can get—I feel like that softens him towards her. Mm-hmm. Um, that she has experienced such deep pain at yeah. what she's been recently through and how that has marked her. Um, yeah, like like in the
1: other chapter where he tells her, "You you shouldn't look at a death, you know, that you, you don't you, have to." Yeah. So I feel like he's already doing this, like, emotional support for her before yeah. they're even bonded. And then here he does it again.
0: hmm Yeah. And of course, like, the last, the last line or two. Side by side, they rode down the hill and turned south. Behind them, the sky rumbled and turned black. Another late storm rolling down from the blight. Bum, bum, bum. Off the they blight. go. Yeah. Off they go so now and this has
1: such a like i love the end of this it has such a tolkien feel like how mm -hmm. they they're off to another adventure yep
0: yeah (laughs) on their horses ready to go i mean i think they have to stop Mm -hmm. at the palace first for a little while but yeah Mm -hmm. yep let's see here we are at an hour and a half right now oof should we take a break
1: yeah, let's take a break and I don't have a ton of discussion notes, so neither
0: do no, I. The GUI, so okay. okay, cool. Man, what a wrap up. Mm-hmm. What a wrap up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are we surprised that like the majority of the action all happened in like the last thirty pages or whatever?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes.
0: hmm, hmm. Do you know what I'm singing? Yes. I feel like I should have that like saved somewhere. So anytime we mention it, I can just like slip it into our (laughs) (laughs) phone. I keep meaning to get in touch with Robert about that.
1: We just need a clip of that. (laughs) That little bit of music where it starts up. (laughs) <laughs> Every mm-hmm. time we get into the discussion topics.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that it just, that's where everything, uh, it's where everything happens. And I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So, discussion topics. Yeah. Should we get into that? Mm hmm. Okay. So, of course, when. Maureen says that Laurel is no longer with her, and Maureen is like, yeah, but she was really intent on getting here. Like, I wonder what happened to her. And Maureen's like, yeah, well, she went south. And I wrote down, yeah, she went south as in she was buried six feet deep after (laughs) Maureen killed her. (laughs) She went south
1: into the ground.
0: Yeah. I mean, if we, if, hopefully that's where Maureen got to. I don't know. But it's just another, like, Swan and Moraine did not know that Laurel was one of Tamara's seekers, but she was. And so Laurel was going to be looking for the same child that Swan and Moraine were looking for. Um, only so they that's didn't all probably know. how
1: Maria knew about things. Maybe she just got it from Laurel and yeah. was like, and oh, was you're someone, dead now.
0: It was so. someone noble in the Aidishar palace like that may have been all she was able to get before mm-hmm. whoever like Laurel gave up the information
1: and maybe that's what, Cad Sw- maybe Cad Swain was hunting the black aja and was maybe. on the trail of Marine. yeah yeah i
0: don't yeah. know though yeah and like the like that was the other thing that i had from this chapter is the marine Cad Swain Laurel like the three of them the three what, amigos <laughs> yeah and like they're they're all under suspect from moraine at this point and mm-hmm. she's actually leaning towards katsuane being her, yeah
1: her last thought of katsuane is she's probably black Mm-hmm.
0: yeah and so i'm i kind of have to wonder like does moraine ever Stop thinking that Kat Swain is Black Aja. Does that ever get kind of lifted from her mind? Cat Swain again kind of disappears mm-hmm. after this and we don't see her again until like what the sixth book of the series or so, something like that. Maybe so- things
1: got too hot and Cad Swain was like, I gotta get out of here before I get before I go south. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Cause I mean, Cat Swain is old and strong. Maureen is old and strong. I mean, not that you're supposed to, like, talk about ice Sedai that way, but we're not initiates of the Tower, so we can mm-hmm. do that. But it would have made sense for Cad Swain to want to get out and avoid having a confrontation with someone who may be Black Aja. Mm-hmm. And with Ryan being a dark friend, like us finding out that he's a dark friend, then we know for sure that when there's that um, that moment when Moraine sees Ryan leaving the inn is and it- there's an Aes Sedai, like I is bet
1: it they were possible, talking to each other. Is it possible that Ryan that Ryan was bonded to Marine?
0: Oh, interesting. And that's
1: why he was a better fighter?
0: Because, I had not because thought about I, that. I don't
1: feel like someone would be so it would be so easy to best land. Mm-hmm. But Interesting. Because he's a dark friend and
0: Well, and I mean Marine and Ryan die very close to each other, like within time frame. So, and we know that like that severing of death of the water bond is really awful to say mm-hmm. the least. From but they I almost do.
1: die at the same time. So, mm-hmm. like... and I mean, maybe if... that
0: would have been like the distraction that Leia needed to be able to defeat Ryan, is Ryan feeling the severing of the bond with mm-hmm. Marine? Oh, interesting. Interesting. I had not even considered that as a possibility. I like it. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Hmm. hmm.
0: Interesting. So, yeah, there's the Marine, Cad Swain, and Laurel, and, like, how they all just kind of separate. Laurel dies. Cad Swain gets out. Marine goes to the Idashar Palace on her own um, and is then murdered by Maureen. So, <laughs> it's just, like, how all these people, like, come together and then are split apart. And then the third thing that I had from chapter twenty five are these really bizarro Malchieri customs. So hmm. I... <laughs> it makes me feel gross. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of cringy, and it's also really interesting because this is another group of people where women seem to have like. The ability to exert more control over men through specific customs. So when Moraine first comes to see Lan, and Lan's all uncomfortable about the fact that she's there, he glances at the doorknob where his deori, his braid of hair, has mm-hmm. been wrapped around the door handle, and like
1: that's what I was. That's what I was cringing at. I mean, I don't think all of the customs are gross or something, but just this. I don't know. And it, this it feels dirty like it's- old hair that she's like combing and moisturizing <laughs> at home because he said it still feels really soft at one point. So it's like, what is You're she right? doing? Like I can see her up in her chambers, like, hmm, today in I'll do the a fire. yeah a, a deep oil treatment today <laughs> <laughs> on land's cut hair. It's so creepy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like. What a bizarre! I mean, and I at the same time like there is historic evidence of people keeping hair. Yeah, as like, like a, when their when their child dies
1: or something. Yeah, or their, would... their their
0: there's their husband or wife. Like, they I want to say it's a very nineteenth century, almost Victorian thing where like jewelry and stuff would be made out of the hair of dead people and whatnot. And I mean, it's cool and creepy at the same time, in my personal mm-hmm. opinion, because I like weird shit like that, mm-hmm. but. The fact that she can use this to control him. Yeah. Is, I, so from what I can understand, the way that he's got his this knot of his hair around the door handle means that he doesn't go anywhere without Eden's permission. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's probably why Prince Bryce was all like, yeah, and he hasn't really left his rooms recently yeah, either. And he sounds he was, all weird yeah. about it because he knows that Lady Eden is... Using Lan as her personal sex toy mm-hmm. and keeping him confined to his rooms. And that's just kind of weird to talk about with anyone. Mm-hmm. So I I just, that's, it's so weird. It's so weird. And it comes up again in chapter 26, like she finally unties his daori, and that's like what gives him permission to be like out and about doing things at this mm-hmm. time, again weird and then when he's like burning it when moraine shows up later on and she's like i smell stinking or the stink of burning Mm -hmm. hair burning his past yeah
1: and it said too he went to he went to kick dirt over the fire but then before he does that moraine says that he scoops dirt in his in his hands and puts it over the fire in an almost ceremoniously done mm. way. So maybe this is another part of the custom where he's, you know, having to do another weird thing. <laughs> Some, yeah. It almost feels very occult, you know, just having a whole, <clears throat> I don't know, a whole little tradition of covering the flames with, you know, dirt from his hands. He couldn't just kick the dirt over the flame. That would be dishonorable or something. Who knows? Yeah.
0: And I mean, like, from what I understand, it would have been passed down to his wife next. So like it's something Mm -hmm. that like follows him around regardless of who would have it, as long as it was passed through this bizarro Malciery custom. Oh, maybe that's just
1: another Yeah, if so if that has to be passed down to his wife him burning it is basically him saying, like, I'm done with Malkier, I'm done with Malkieri tradition almost. So Yeah,
0: and that he's not going to be passing it on to his future wife anytime soon. Yeah. Um, he's married to the blight and to death. Right, right. And now he he's, so his own,
1: he's his own man. He's free to choose what he wants, and I'm sure this, you know, everything that happened with Lady Edith, her being completely overwhelmed with grief and she's kind mm-hmm. of calling it quits and she's resigning her life now basically just to be in mourning and she doesn't really care about all of this anymore. So yeah. he can he can burn it and he's he's free. You know, he's, he's free done. from mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Let's see here. <laughs> so this is what comes back to like I feel like this might even have been our very first episode when we were talking about the various ajas. And so Land's question to Moraine about why the Aes Sedai weren't there to mm-hmm. help Mac- Melchior when they were fighting against the Shadow and losing this battle. It, I I feel like it was you that was like, why aren't the Greens just always hanging out in the Borderlands? Yeah. Why yeah. aren't they there to right. defend when Trollocs show up? Because yeah, that's like
1: the gate where they come in through, always. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the fact that there wasn't any, there should have been greens there to defend them before shit went down. Yeah. And the fact that they were too late. Well, yeah, of course you were too late.
0: Like, this is complete oversight on mm-hmm. the White Tower. Yeah. Like, they've been Aes <sighs> Sedai for 3,000 years. Yeah. You think by now they would have figured out that, like, the hot spot is up in the Borderlands. What else do you do if you were green? What right. else do you do? You're just, just sitting around, around in and warders. Yeah. yeah.
1: Watch like, the warders fight in the yard. Cool.
0: Awesome. Why mm. don't why don't you take your badassery and head up to the borderlands? <laughs>
1: right. Right. It just makes it, sense. If it were me, I would be sending them out in teams, you know, like you would do every six months a new batch of recruits or something just so they can get in like this fighting experience or something, yeah. you know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Turn them into a force against evil, which is what they say they are and want to be anyway. So, like... Damn it, White Tower.
1: (laughs) Make me the Amarlin, okay? (laughs) I've got shit to say. You've got things to do.
0: At least the Captain General of the Green. Like... (laughs) Yeah. Just start pushing them out where they can be useful. Like, go go do things it <laughs> really is
1: maybe that's why in there <laughs> I later uh so when she's taking her test for the shawl and you know how they have to just walk very calm calmly mm-hmm. and they're not allowed to run and I think mm-hmm. it was in Nynaeve's test or whatever she's just like to hell with that you know mm-hmm. and I was just thinking well if it was Nynaeve she wouldn't If there was shit going down on the blight, she would be running. She wouldn't be, you're not allowed to run. You have to walk. Ninny would be like, fuck all that noise. I'm out of here. Yeah. Get it in what you wrote. Get it in gear, Greens. Get it in gear.
0: (laughs) It just seriously makes no sense for them not to be there. For them Mm. to be just like, hey, especially since they don't know how to travel at this point. Yeah. Like, Everything takes forever to get from one place to another, and even if you were going to be, like, sending a pigeon that says, we're on our way, the pigeon's going to take time, and what what's going to happen? Are you going to get there any sooner now that they know? I don't know. It's just, it was really upsetting to me that Lan had been just jerked around by all of these Aes Sedai that he had asked this question of in the past, and that no one has given him the truth. And in some ways, it's really satisfying that it's Moraine who does give him the truth. And I think it does a lot to dispel that distrust that he was experiencing around mm-hmm. her. Because he's like, oh, today you're an Aes Sedai and a Damodrette. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's he does not have a super high opinion of her starting out. And so it's just, I don't know, their relationship develops subtly and quickly and it's almost kind of nice that we know what's coming like I think if you were going to read this as the very first book you may not know what Moraine's plans are towards Lan or what their future connection is going to be because it just doesn't seem like it should even exist Mm -hmm. with the way that they're treating each other um
1: yeah and I think too now after we're finished I wouldn't recommend someone to read New Spring before the main series because You would know that Maureen actually is a good person and mm-hmm. it takes the mystery away from that first book where you're yes. kind of thinking, well, is she good or not? Yeah. Because there's at points where she's like, make no mistake, like I will kill you before I let, you know, before I the hand you over you. to yep. the dark one and they're yeah. like, oh, shit. And she's like, yeah, "Yeah, oh shit, I'm not fucking around. (laughs) So when you read that, you're like, okay, like maybe she is a bad guy. But Mm -hmm. if you read this first, you know that she's just, this is like, you know, yeah, she's just focuses. And this is kind of what Lan had told her here at the end of the epilogue, where he's kind of talking to her about, he can read her feelings and he says, Um, you know, he's talking about this war that he was in and they call it the blood snow. And on the first day, he led 500 men. And on the third day, half of them were dead or wounded. And had I made different choices, some of those men would be alive, but others still would have been dead. Mm -hmm. So like, this is how you have to be, you know, you have to be hard like this. So Mm -hmm. I feel like just this one little paragraph from him explains so much on how on what she's become when she's mm-hmm. saying, yeah, if it's between you, me killing you right now or handing you off to the Dark One, make no
0: mistake, like, I will do it
1: myself. <laughs> yep, she sure so, will.
0: Yeah. Don't mess around with her. Um, and then the last thing that I, that kind of sat with me from Chapter 25 is just the Tower's utter inability to say that they've done something wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've seen that like there was the accepted who died during her test for the shawl and nobody wanted to talk about it. And then the Aes Sedai who were birched and they set up like that sound barrier so no one outside could hear about it. And Mm -hmm. then this with something being sealed to the tower, this failure of the Aes Sedai to be there to be able to help. Like to me, this seems like there are too many secrets there are too many possibilities for things to be broken around the white tower and there are all these (laughs) like when a becomes amaryllin and swan's like well there's a lot of shit you should probably know because there's a lot of secrets that no one outside of the amaryllin seat is supposed to know like i feel as though this has just made it easier to manufacture the descent that split the tower. so
1: And the split that makes it completely so easy to take over from the Black Aja. Because mm-hmm. I
0: mean, they keep showing up in positions of power. It doesn't really strike me as though... I mean, there are obviously positions of power within the White Tower, but there are not nearly enough of those positions to give out and so there are going to be women who are going to feel as though they're missing out on the possibility of having one of those positions of power and so the only way to do it is to kind of break things apart from the inside out and that Mm -hmm. has happened several times in the tower's history even if it's not public knowledge Mm -hmm. um and so i just like one one more mark against the white tower you guys Mm -hmm. just own up to your mistakes everybody makes mistakes
1: And it's so fun. It's so fun, too, going into it and almost having this starry-eyed appreciation for the tower. Yes. Where getting into it, like, just the name of our podcast, The Road to Tarvalen, not Mm -hmm. only is there something about the tower that it's this mysterious, great, wondrous place mm-hmm. where women with these incredible capabilities can become so much more in fighters for good. Mm-hmm. And the more you read, you're kind of just you you get deeper into it and you're just like, oh shit. You know, yeah. they <laughs> they have just been running things all wrong. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's such a cool thing within the first few books because Moraine shows up and swoops up our main characters and she's mm-hmm. just got to get them on the road to Tarvalen and then things will be safe and they will be mm-hmm. safe and she'll finally be able to finish her her, her work as yeah her yeah. journey is a blue so i feel like the road to Tarvalen is was the safe haven that she thought it could be. And mm-hmm. as we find out, it's <laughs> it's, it's a, bit a of shit a mess. show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And I mean mm-hmm. also I th- I think I still kind of hold on to that image of the tower when I think about like Nynaeve and Eguen, mostly Eguen and her approach to the tower and how she's all like, Oh, I'm going I'm going to be an nice And like it's mm-hmm. just this very grand <laughs> thing for her. And like I as a young I, I want to say I was, like, 14, 15 when I started reading these. So, like, basically the same mm-hmm. age as queen, And I could easily put myself in her place of being like, yes, I want somebody to tell me that I right. have magical abilities and I'm going to go to this fabled tower where there are all yeah. these people who can We're, do all like, of these cool things. Yeah. it's like, I'm going to
1: learn magic. I'm going to help the world. I'm going to, you know, the sky is the limit. I can do mm-hmm. anything. I... I have, you know, I have power. I have, I'll have authority. You mm-hmm. know, no one will be able to mistreat
0: me. I'm, you know, <laughs> I and can then do she this. has her first visit to the Mistress of Novices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, really, if any, if anyone taught Agne how to be the Aes Sedai she needed to be, it was the Wise Ones. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm I'm getting to that point in the series right now. I'm in, uh, what is it, Knife of Dreams, book 11, which to me is the official end of the slog. Like, now is when things start, to me, picking back up again. And I'm especially mm-hmm. like, I want more of a Gween. I want more. What's going on there? Stop. <laughs> I don't care about Matt and Tuan. Just shut uh. them down. Don't care. I want to get back to a Gween. That's where I'm at right now. And I even love Matt. So, anyway. But it's her, it's her ability to embrace what she's going through and she does it in such an naiel way. She doesn't do it Mm -hmm. as like a woman of the Aes Sedai because what, what I think we learn about Aes Sedai, especially from Moraine in this book, is how often the inside, what they're experiencing does not match their exterior.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: how Egwene. apropos,
1: because that's even with their own emotions, they can't show anything outwardly.
0: No, and Egwene has kind of learned how to manage it on both ends, like, and I, I, I think that comes from the Wise Ones. I don't think that that came from Aes Sedai. So another cool spinoff would be Aes Sedai and Wise Ones like coinciding on their teaching and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. No their way. their apprenticeship program. Yeah. <laughs> 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 They're like interns. But yeah, I don't know. I just think that that's... I think it's a shame that the Tower chooses not to admit its failures, and I think it, it has done a lot of damage. It'd be interesting to see what the White Tower is like in the Fourth Age. I'm sure people have talked about it.
1: With Cadswain is the Amarlin, if she mm-hmm. if she accepts it, I feel like she kind of has to at this
0: point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's That's really all I had for Chapter 25. Did you have anything... Nope, I just, my my very
1: first thing that I thought of is Lan sneaking about in the palace and it says that he's using the code D and where he can almost sense other people's presence without Mm -hmm. even seeing them. Yeah. And, of course, the code D is so similar to when Tam teaches Rand how to use the void. It's... Mm -hmm. Almost the same thing it feels like. Yeah. And it feels so close to using the one power, but not quite, which Mm -hmm. is really interesting because I had this thought before it's revealed that everything leading up to the deaths and murders of all these men had to do with luck because Mm -hmm. they were mistaking luck for the one power. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking this, using the void or using the code D is so close to the one power that it mm-hmm. feels like it could almost be a whole other magic, like minor magic system on its own, like this mm-hmm. almost elevated state of men, like meditation or
0: Just narrowly
1: walking the fine line of channeling, which I think is so funny because, of course, it's not channeling, but who's to say in this world, in this universe, Mm -hmm. how much of using the Void or the Kodi is almost Mm -hmm. giving someone these superhuman strengths Mm -hmm. or abilities like Tam being this incredible archer where he can mm-hmm. split arrows down the middle three times over just shooting the same mark from 300 paces or 500 yeah. paces or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there is, that's, I mean, let, let's be honest, that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> In our real world, that is so, so incredibly hard to do, something like mm-hmm. that. So it's almost like there's a minor magic system within the
0: major magic system. There's these yeah. layers. Well, and it shows it shows up in different characters and but they almost all to the same re- response. So like Knife of Dreams opens with Gallad's battle with Eamon Valda. Mm-hmm. And Gallad obs- assumes the oneness the the void that he Mm -hmm. was taught by the the blade masters that taught him and like he does the same thing he channels all of his rage all of his emotions everything into that flame that void whatever it is Mm -hmm. and ultimately he's able to defeat valda and so it does seem like something and i think that that's possible too to be able to like Mm -hmm. push everything away and in some way have it enhance your senses whether you're mm-hmm. in a magical even world within the not. white
1: tower when the when the novices show up the first thing that they teach them is this you know the the rosebud rose or bud. whatever and mm-hmm. they have to be in this so um like concentrated yet relaxed state mm-hmm. before they can even figure out how to use the one power So Mm -hmm. it almost feels like they kind of work hand in hand. And then we get this little bit from Moraine and Swan, you know, talking about, well, is it luck? They were just confusing luck with channeling. And Mm -hmm. it's almost like these men that are considered to be extremely lucky, even if Mm -hmm. they're not channelers, they do tend to have some of these almost superhuman abilities like land being able to sneak about and you know hear or sense people coming before he can see or hear them. So mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. How and cl- defeating six men at one time. Exactly. Like
0: that exactly. seems
1: incredibly lucky. Yeah. How close to channeling is it? Is it like mm-hmm. channeling
0: light? <laughs> <laughs> well and now I'm suddenly thinking about the beginning of the 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 Emmonsfield Five leaving from Emmonsfield. And this is the first time Rand channels. Mm -hmm. And Bella is doing great. Mm -hmm. Like, she's totally fine. She's keeping up with everybody. This seems lucky. But again, there's a man who's channeling, even if he doesn't realize that's what's happening. And then after Shadar Lagoth, when they're trying to get on that ship and away from the Trollocs, he channels again. And, like, it knocks like the boom loose and it knocks a trollic off of the boat and whatnot so it seems lucky but it's him channeling and so you can definitely see like where where the black aja would see those things as indications of a man who could possibly channel and it looks like that's all they're focused on right now Mm -hmm. is men who can channel but they're taking them out without the permission of the white tower but they're also black aja so they wouldn't need that anyway interesting lying
1: scumbags (laughs) yeah there's
0: actually something that I want to talk about in our in our overview next week uh I want to talk about the vileness and like what it is because we hear little bits about it but it's not like you don't really get a full picture of it unless you dig into it and it's something huge that happens in between this book and like the main series that again this gives you little glimpses of it, but it doesn't give you the whole story. And that's always, like, where are the rest of my prequels? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I like that. That That's, I think, I think you're onto something on that for sure. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you want to take a moment to talk about Bukama's death, because me too. I got, I gotta, I gotta do it.
1: And, he, you know, he's just a minor character, but the same time
0: he's not he's (laughs) he's
1: major character in my heart yeah but
0: he's oh sorry go ahead go ahead (laughs) well I had kind of
1: already talked about it but when we started out I had the feeling that he wouldn't make it to the end because Mm -hmm. I felt like there would need to be some type of catalyst to get Lan to Moraine to get mm-hmm. him invested in her, you know, epic journey, her yeah, her story. And I really do think that it was this loss of Bukama and this loss of his last link to Malkier that gave him that push. And even right mm-hmm. before he learns that Bukama is dead. He thinks to himself that the only thing holding him in the palace at that moment is Bukama's dream of Malkir. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> and then, you know, that everything goes south. And mm-hmm. then we get this, you know, another brilliantly worded moment from Robert Jordan through Lan's thoughts. And after his death, he says. He hoped Bukama was reborn in a world where the golden crane flew on the wind and the seven towers stood unbroken and the thousand lakes shone like a necklace beneath the sun. Mm. How could he let anyone get close enough to do this? Bukama could feel steel being unsheathed near him. Only one thing was sure. Bukama was dead because Lan had tangled him in an Aes Sedai's schemes. So... Mm. I mean, it's it's just um, yeah, it's a huge bummer. I love Bukama.
0: <laughs> I want
1: his character in the TV show. I want I want that scene of a young Bukama getting this, you know, little baby strapped to his back, and yes. you know, being handed weapons and shoved out the palace and told to run until you can't run anymore. And I just think that that would show how dire the situation really was in Malkir. And Mm -hmm. if we get some type of flashback, you know, then we get to see all of these kind of dutiful, meaningful, honor um, moments and the words of Malkier and the plight of the people in the Borderlands and yep. just how different they are and I know that we've talked about that so much because of this book but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think it's re- he would be a really important character and if I had to pick one just random person that I think needs to be in the show I would pick Bukama. He's my well, guy.
0: He's, he's also he's the closest thing to a father that land has Mm -hmm. and he has literally been the driving force in land becoming who he becomes Mm -hmm. and the way that land faces this in that stoic way that he does we still know there's a depth of hurt to him that Mm -hmm. we're just not being given access to but then he also ends up having to sword fight and kill his best his best friend like mm-hmm. the two people he is absolutely closest to are now dead there's just nothing. think about
1: the rage and mixed emotions he has to feel knowing that his best friend killed his his quasi father
0: yeah yeah that's some fucked up shit mm-hmm. it really like it makes me feel for land like I feel for Lan anyway cuz his story is just like tragic the whole way through. Yeah. And at this point it's like, well fuck, of course that's what happens. Like this is this is another thing of Lan's luck. Like he has right. shit ton bad luck too, mm-hmm. just as often as he seems to have good luck. So it was that I'm glad that you pulled that quote from there cuz that was the one there I was just like after I had read that part, I just kind of sat there in a moment and was like, oh, Bukama, mm-hmm. you poor thing. Like, poor land. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Heavy. Heavy, Some heavy, these, heavy. Yeah. Sometimes these books are really heavy on your soul. At least they are for me.
1: Agreed. <laughs> and a lot of these moments, you know, like the golden, cr- the golden crane flies for malkier like that's another one of these huge – like, tearjerker moments for me, but I think it's, you know, imagine being the audience watching the TV show and seeing Lan grow to be this stone, you know, they're just saying he's hard as stone. but Stone-faced this, water. Yeah, but this is why he is how he is. I mean... Mm-hmm even the one thing that he thought he was supposed to do, which was go to the blight and die there, even that, you know, even being prepared for that, he wasn't prepared for losing Bukama, having, get being, you know, tossed into this Black Aja dark friend, part two Malkir, you know, Black Aja boogaloo. But it's... (laughs) <laughs> it's the guy, like you said, as lucky as he seems to be, he's not.
0: <laughs> Mm-mm. No, I mean everything has been taken away from him. Yeah, like even choices that he would make on his own have been taken away from him. So, yeah, it's just poor man,
1: poor so, man. Yeah, and just another another thing that stood out to me is how many times we've been. Like, we've heard him be referred to as the luckiest man alive or having the mm-hmm. Dark One's own luck. And then, of course, like all of this yep. happens. Yeah. 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 And then, okay, so this was the one thing <laughs> that I could not for the life of me think of how they are going to play off because we had talked about... um Moraine burning Marion's body and getting rid of the evidence and possibly there would be ways that there weren't any onlookers to see this mm-hmm. whole fight. But I'm really interested on like what the aftermath is going to be in the palace because mm-hmm. like what are the rumors gonna be? Assassins, mm-hmm. Trollocs, Greymen? Just an unfortunate accident where a whole group of people fell off a balcony.
0: Yeah. A a real strong wind. Yeah. I I don't, I don't, that's what I was wondering too. Did she
1: blow the balcony down? Like maybe it just collapsed Mm. while they were standing on it, you know? And would Edain really keep her mouth shut? Mm. Eden keep her mouth shut? If she, I mean, she, she can't know, obviously.
0: Like what all happened? Yeah, but. what
1: really happened? But what I want to know what the what the, what the cause of death was ruled? You know? Yeah.
0: CSI I mean, I
1: New Spring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because I really can't see like the fact that this shuts Lady Eden down actually kind of surprises me. Like mm-hmm. she strikes me more as the person who grieves yes but is ultimately like i want to know what the fuck happened and i want to know right.
1: now yeah you know? she is she and there's, kind of is a bit of a control freak so yeah i can't see her like, just being given some random like oh they all fell off this balcony or something i don't feel like that would fly with her
0: mm-mm. i feel like she would be like well that totally sucks but how did it happen and mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing that we get in the book as far as what happened is that everyone's in mourning over this tragic loss, but there's no real explanation of how it happened. Right. And I mean, Chachin is really well fortified, really well defended. And so how do you explain to them what has happened? Right. And why do they not automatically jump to the idea that it was potentially dark friends? that did this you know like yeah I was I was at the same point too where I was like I just don't understand why there isn't an investigation like, yeah where's, yeah where's I feel the investigation like investigation to how they died
1: yeah or maybe just a little hint of what their cover-up story would be
0: yes yeah that would be helpful
1: if too. I were Maureen, Maureen I would have gotten rid of the evidence burned the body burned her clothes but beforehand I would have toppled the balcony so it looked like they all just were standing up there and it fell, like a construction accident. Like something was wrong with the palace and they obviously weren't as lucky, you know. (laughs) The boy wasn't as lucky as they are all claiming. But yeah, Yeah. and it still doesn't, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's it's a mystery. Mm Mm-hmm. That's and like, the one. You ex- the one mystery we get, I
0: guess, <laughs> the end here. Because you also don't know what happens to Ryan's body. Does she talk about disposing of his body as well? Mm. Because I, I know. It I talks would have about- to double
1: check, but I, I don't feel like. I don't, don't feel, feel like, like she it.
0: mentioned doing anything with his body. So, the servants just stumble upon a dead body in this I, I right just know. and so and there, so there are questions around this
1: right and if it's okay it's Isella. Mm-hmm. Marianne isn't the body's gone so she's not linked so Isella, Bryce and Derek and Ryan yep. what
0: mm-hmm. would Ryan
1: be doing up there with the three like the nobility Ooh, good I point. understand but what is Ryan doing up there then yeah
0: he has no reason to be there right except that he's a dark friend but they don't know that right huh. so
1: maybe who knows maybe she got rid of his body too I, I would have to think so huh just see her like with her channeling like flamethrowers like right <laughs> Why are all these dead yeah. people here? Mm-hmm. What's all this burning matter? <laughs> Why are there ashes on the ground? Yeah,
0: yeah, and like she's like, I can't, I can't lie about this, but I can just keep my mouth shut about mm-hmm. it, and. Obviously, I guess that's what happened because nobody really seems to know what happened. <laughs>
1: right. And it was never brought up again. How know, convenient.
0: Right? <laughs> you mean the prince consort of the country mm-hmm. and one of his heirs and then the only heir to the woman who's trying to raise Melchior all die and everyone's just like, oh, whip out the morning banners. Yeah. This is, and this we is totally
1: kno- normal. And we know that these cities have total rumor mills because how many times it's like there's rumors of this happening, there's rumors that that's happening so we Mm -hmm. know that these people have to be saying something but maybe that works to an advantage where if they think like oh it was a gray man or something then you know like there's always a rumor in these
0: parts of the country so who knows maybe I don't know I I was right there with you when I was reading it I was like (laughs) (laughs) Huh? <laughs> what? I'm very confused. Anytime that happens to me, I'm like, am I dumb? Did I miss something? Did I, s- <laughs> I, did I feel the same past- <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me go back like the last five, six pages. No? No? Okay. Hmm. Weird. All right. Hmm. Like, I'm just like, maybe I, maybe I missed something. So it makes me feel better that I'm not the only one that's like, I don't understand. Oh, nobody's asking a whole bunch of questions about mm-hmm. this and just seem like, huh oh. Just an average morning day, I guess. I don't well, know. yeah,
1: was I was I was having a moment of panic <laughs> because up until the epilogue, it did not say what the whole Black Aja plot was. And I was getting to the epilogue and I'm like, and if there because, you know, sometimes the epilogue <laughs> is just like and then the next three, you know, years they did this and we get like a fast forward or something. And I'm just thinking. If they do not clean this up and let me know what the hell happened and what is really going on, I'm going to be so upset,
0: (laughs) but no. But no, they have a plan. It's just a really bad plan. I mean, I guess depending on who you are, it's a really bad plan, but, and I think, I think it is everything. Like, I think they are doing everything they can to undermine the White Tower and I mean, right now where I'm reading in the series, book 11 has the rebels outside of Tarvalon. Aguinen is inside the tower and she's observing how at each other's throats the Ajas are at the moment. And yeah. We know, because as the readers, we know this, that that was an order from one of the Forsaken was to, like, sow chaos within the tower. Mm-hmm. And I just have Let to Let the lord of
1: chaos rule.
0: <laughs> Seriously, one of the best lines. Yeah. I love that line. Anytime it comes out, I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. But these events, and then the events that come in after it, I think are things that have been, like, adding cracks to the White Tower. Mm-hmm. made It's so much easier to just break it apart the way that it did. And... I know a green is brought in as, like, this figurehead. Like, they didn't really think she was going to be yeah. the Amerlin seat. And she's like, nope, totally going to be the Amberlin seat. I'm going to change things. We need to fix some shit that's really broken. And she just does it in such a, I don't know. I'm yeah. a queen fan, not going to lie. I,
1: I actually really loved Elaine's kind of way of bringing the kin to having mm-hmm. their own place because Iguana's like, you can't just no, you can't have the kin, their like White Tower property now back off. And Elena's mm-hmm. like, so uh you aren't going to let these women choose for themselves what they want to do? And then she's like, Ah, damn it. <laughs> I've been foiled. <laughs> but they you know, they all have they all have qualities where I see things that I like and I see things that I dislike and mm-hmm. that's okay. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to love every single character. Mm-mm. But I think everyone feels drawn to who they like for, you know, they're 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 good things. Even mm-hmm. some hell, even some of the Forsaken that are awful, I'm like, oh that's funny. <laughs> or like <laughs> you know, Osmodian. Yeah. He's not I mean he's awful, but if I had to pick one maybe he could play me a little
0: song and yeah yeah, yeah. pick you out a fine wine <laughs> yeah something like right? that it's exactly. very mm-hmm. yeah
1: but I mean I think unless there's anything that you want to add I think that that's
0: it for today and we are I don't think I I don't think I okay. have anything I mean I'm sure I'm sure there will be points in the future And I mean we're doing a wrap-up again next weekend anyway so like yeah That will be of the over the whole book and all of the stuff that falls into it and is like I'm looking forward to that. I think it's gonna be really fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it'll feel good to put this whole big, you know, piece of work into just like a free talk. Let's just, you know, let's just go into it and it'll be Mm -hmm. fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then we have we have plans for after that and what our content's going to be. Mhm. I'm excited. I'm and excited.
1: Say hi. So, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Yes. First off, thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday and we would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews and share with your friends in the Wheel of Time community.
0: Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us, send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a Discord channel. Just find us on any of our social media platforms, and we can send you an invite. So, until next week. Thanks for joining us on the road to Tarballen. Yay! Bye! Bye-bye! <laughs> Bye-bye! <laughs> I'm waiting again. I can't even get to my mouse. There are so many things in the way.